Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Happy Friday, everyone out there. Jay Binkley with Julio Sanchez producing the operation as usual. Yes, we'll head to Vegas. Yes, we'll talk to Arrowhead Pride. Yes, we'll talk beer as well. We've been mixed in some Kansas City Royals. Not sure if you're listening to Vern this week, but a very good bonanza, the Royals bonanza. He had everybody on. He had like Nikki on with Merrifield, Gigi Piccolo, Dayton Moore, John Sherman. It's good stuff, Julio. Vern's the best. He is the best. He is, no question about it. Chiefs Raiders this weekend, Julio. Obviously, we'll talk a lot about this game uh, coming up for the Kansas City Chiefs. I like this game. They say every week is big, right? That's why I was, I was real cautionary to call that Titans game a must-win game where the Chiefs played down in Tennessee. I was very cautionary to call it a must-win game because I feel like you could basically put that on every single game going forward. Well, when they have the record that they have, every every week is uh, is important. Chiefs sit there with five wins, one more win. And they'd be tied for second place in all the wins in the National Football League. Ryan Tannehill's sick, but he'll play Sunday for the Titans. I think that's a different team without Derrick Henry. Although they looked good last week. No, they didn't. They didn't. I mean, <laughs> yards per play were down with the Tennessee Titans. You know, they benefited. I, I'm not sure how they won that game. Defense, man. That defense is stepping up. The defense is playing much better. I mean, it was a 28th-ranked defense last year, 25th when the Chiefs played them. They're looking better. But can I definitively say the Titans are the number one seed in the AFC? It's tough because we said Buffalo was a few weeks ago. In Buffalo, the only quality they win they have is Chiefs at Arrowhead. When the Chiefs were down, they beat them because they lost. I mean, they've lost to the Jags badly. My you know, dad. they've lost the Steelers at home. They've lost to the Titans. Like every good team that they played, they've lost to. Yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, they did get that win, but offensively. <laughs> I mean, Julio, they had 194 total yards. They'll, they'll come back down to earth. 194 total yards. They only ran for 69 yards. The yards per play were down for the Tennessee Titans. Matter of fact, number. they were at 3.5 yards per play. Again, they relied on that defense to win the games, but can you say, okay, that's the best team in the AFC without Derrick Henry? Like, you want to die on that hill? I mean, they're going to die with Adrian Peterson back there. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, but Adrian Peterson is not Derrick Henry again. He's not. I've said not we'll anymore. see how it plays out. I've seen. I've said that Derrick Henry's the best non-quarterback in the NFL. He means the most to that team. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, they're going to win some games, but teams are going to figure that team out really quickly and force Ryan Tannehill to beat them again. Three point five yards per play for 
the uh, the uh, Tennessee Titans. You know what the Chiefs had? You know that abysmal offense they had against the Packers? 3.1. I mean, right there with the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, Titans the, with the 28 points, you got the defensive score, and things were different. Remember when the Bengals were the number one seed a few weeks ago? They've fallen off a, off a cliff, haven't they? They've looked like garbage. Right. And then I cautioned people about the Baltimore Ravens. You know, this is a team in the Ravens. The Chiefs hand-wrapped hand wrapped a gift for them, fumbling at the 34-yard line to win the game, right? The AFC, man, no one wants it right now. Coming in that Dolphins game, the Ravens get up 500 yards two of the last three games. You know, it took a NFL record 66-yard field goal to beat the Detroit Lions. That would have been their one win this season. I mean, they haven't looked great. I mean, nobody in this AFC, and we've been saying this for the longest time, Julio. There's a lot of people now saying, oh, man, the AFC's wide open. Been telling you this for weeks when I had that conversation of who's the second best team in the AFC. I'm still rolling with the team that's done it back to back to back. I could say this is a bad year for the Chiefs to be down because if the Chiefs are still rolling, they'd be foot stomping everybody. They'd just be rolling right through this thing, steamrolling right for the number one seat. But if you're being honest, it's kind of a good year to be down. It is. Because everybody else is down and nobody's running away with the AFC. Again, Tennessee could be. I would love to see Tennessee's the best team in the AFC. If Derrick Henry if Derrick Henry's healthy, I would fully say that's true. There's an asterisk there. They beat the Chiefs, they kicked the hell out of the Chiefs. You know, they went beat the Bills and Chiefs in back to back weeks. But who is the best team in the AFC? That's why this is important. That's why this is important right now. For the Kansas City Chiefs facing the Raiders. It is a lifelong rivalry. What do you determine a rivalry? Is it recency bias? You can't really say it. I do feel the Chiefs' main rival came outside of the AFC West for the last couple of years. Like, on their way to the Super Bowl, it was beat New England and Tom Brady. It was getting over that hurdle to beat the Chiefs in the AFC title game in Arrowhead Stadium. And they drafted for it. They brought in Spags for it. It was about beating New England. I don't think there's any team right now. I would like to say Buffalo could be that new team. They certainly look like it. Chiefs beat them twice last year with Josh Allen. Here you get these young quarterbacks, up and quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Buffalo doesn't seem to want to play that game. Is it, is it Baltimore? They're one in, Lamar Jackson's one and three against <laughs> Mahomes. I, I, again, this division, all right? The Chiefs only lost one game in this division because they've only played one game in this division. Again, another hand-wrapped present to the Chargers turning the ball over four times. Yeah, it did happen. 100% did happen. So they have to uh, wipe it away. But the Kansas City Chiefs, as far as the standings with the Raiders, like who is the rival? I mean, who is it? I mean, you going to say it's the Chargers? No, not really. Chiefs are 7-3, including L.A.'s victory over the Chiefs this year. And, of course, last year when they played the Chiefs JV, Chiefs have still won seven of the last ten against the Chargers. 12-3 in the last 15. Against the Broncos, they've won 11 in a row. They've won every single year. The last quarterback for the Denver Broncos to beat the Chiefs is Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's already in the Hall of Fame. Peyton Manning's already on the Manning cast. Like, that's been a long, long, long time ago where Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, they're the newest rival of the Kansas City Chiefs because they've been the most relevant team in the AMC West besides the Chiefs. But then there's the Raiders. Chiefs are 8-2 against the Raiders in the last 10. They've won 11 in the last 13. They won 13 in the last 16 against the Raiders. And you might say, okay, well, it doesn't really matter. Well, it does. Andy Reid's 31-6 and six against this division. They only have eight games remaining. 
Five of the eight games happen to be AFC West games. This is money time for the Kansas City Chiefs. It begins, that'll reset button you click on your PlayStation. You're doing it now. If you're the Chiefs, you're doing it now because I know that the second half of the season technically started at halftime of last week's game. It's still the reset button. I mean, as bad as the Chiefs have been, they still have it all in front of them, right? I mean, that that is the silver lining with as bad as the season has been so far. Well, the Chiefs are the eighth seed right now. Of course, seven make the uh, NFL postseason. But these games in the division matter. Why? Because right now, right behind the Chiefs are the Cleveland Browns. Well, the Chiefs beat the Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Chiefs do have a lot of losses to teams in front of them, but the division tiebreaker was used, and Denver is sitting there in the 11th seed. Same record as the Kansas City Chiefs, but Kansas City wins the tiebreaker for Denver based on best win percentage in common games. Chiefs beat the Browns. Browns beat the Broncos. It's how important all these games are. And then the division, can't really say it, the Chiefs are ahead of Cleveland and Cincinnati. Cincinnati, same record as the Chiefs, but... I get it. Cleveland will play Cincinnati again. But as we sit right now, Cleveland has already beat Cincinnati. They're 1-0 against them. Cincinnati will play them again. But again, that's why these games matter. Like that part of the equation matters for the Chiefs, Cleveland. That Cleveland game means more than you think it does. But of course, you know, the head-to-head, that matters against Buffalo. That matters against Tennessee. The Chiefs have lost to good teams. No question about it. They have, and they've got to start winning those. you got to win this division because the division record does matter for these teams, Andy Reid has owned the AFC West, five straight titles, thirty-one and six. Hell, the Raiders are all saying it. We got to knock them off. They don't care what the Chiefs' record is. They say we well, got to beat that team, because if you take the Chiefs lightly, you can't. They will. They will go out and they will spank you. And nobody will be waiting for that thirty-eight to three win for the Chiefs. But again, in the NFL, can you really take anybody lightly? Ask the Ravens last night against the Dolphins. Ask the Buffalo Bills the week before against the Jags. Ask the Dallas Cowboys at home that got Dak Prescott back, only to have a team that lost to Cleveland with 98% of their offense gone the week before. Three of their five starting offensive linemen traded Von Miller, Denver Broncos, kicked the Cowboys' ass. It's a weird week at the NFL. Titans go on the road without Derrick Henry, hammer the, the Rams. Nothing makes sense in the National Football League. That's why you don't take the Chiefs lightly. Again, I'm excited about the Raiders and Chiefs. It's a rivalry that's still a rivalry to me. It's the historic rival. I don't care if the Chiefs, because the Chiefs beat everybody's division. Unless I want to say it's New England, can't say it's New England anymore. Now that Tom Brady's gone, you want you can't say Buffalo anymore. I get it, they beat the Chiefs, but that's not a rivalry yet until Buffalo can be that team. Baltimore, I don't know. It's hard to say it's a rival when they go down and lose the Dolphins like that. It's hard to say. Chiefs are no man's land as far as rivalry is concerned. That's why you go the historic one with the Raiders. Raiders beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead last year. Went down in the final two minutes in Las Vegas last year. Now there'll be fans in Vegas weren't before. I remember 2014 vividly. Chiefs were 7-3. Raiders are 0-10. Chiefs lose to the Raiders. Derailed the whole season. They were 7-3. and freaking three. Lose to the Raiders on Thursday night. Boom. That's the one year Andy Reid doesn't make the playoffs with the Chiefs 2014. Crazy. But I still view the Raiders as that rival with the Chiefs. Now, things are different with the Raiders. Obviously, Gruden's gone, different head coach, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett gone. And Henry Ruggs, a terrible situation, 100%. But that's that's number 12 and 19 pick for the Raiders two years ago. It's a bad draft class, wasn't it? 2020. Yeah, I man, he hit some home runs in 2019. But you know what? Then GM started answer, stopped answering the call because he was in the media before, and he was the end-all, be-all draft guy. He was my favorite draft guy. 
Well, you know, he knows these GMs. He was, they were on speed dial. All of a sudden, they stopped talking to him. Sir, this is Wendy's when he calls. Now he's doing the hard part because he knew where everybody was going, what players were there when he studied the draft back in 2019. Things changed in 2020. Big change. Let's go to Scott in Utah. What's up, Scott? Yeah, guys. So I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. We uh, By losing the games we lost, and then not only who we lost to, it was probably the, the worst teams possible. We do have a chance to get back with the Chargers, so that, that should be okay. Um, and we dominated that first quarter, so I'm not even worried about that game, frankly. But the uh, you know the Tennessee, Buffalo, um, and the uh, other loss we had, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, with the, with the way they looked last night, who knows? But And you're right, there are no great teams right now. But I heard last hour, and I've been saying this for three weeks, speaking of the Chargers, that's the, that's the team the Chiefs need to be. That's who they've been for two years. Up and down the field, up and down the field, throwing the ball, throwing the ball, first down, first down, second down, first down, second down, touchdown. Running the ball, everybody keeps wanting to say this, we've got to be a running team. The guy that came on from Sports Illustrated said that the Chiefs have to run the ball to beat the Raiders. The Chiefs don't have to run the ball ever. If we just take that 8- to 10-yard crossing pattern that, Matt, that, that Mahomes, up until two weeks ago, we threw all the time, he was, it was 90%. I mean, it's a layup for them. All of our turnovers were flukes. And then we started pressing. The offense has to play better. They were better the first five weeks of the game than they've been the last three weeks. We won two of those games. We will not go anywhere if Mahomes isn't going up and down the field because that's where we get our swagger. We have a great quarterback. That's why we should throw on first down. And we, 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 use, we run off of our throw. I don't know what you the, – the throwing game sets up the running game for us. And if it's the other way around, try passing on third and five, third and seven, third and nine. See how well that works for you. So I don't know what your thoughts are. No, again, again, uh, you know what? You do what you do best, and obviously the Chiefs throw the football best. I will say this. Running the football against the Raiders, though, is not a bad option. They're 28th in the NFL stop of the run. That's their one part of their defense. Very good. They're top 10 defense, but they suck against the run. A lot of people don't realize it. (laughs) The NFL just doesn't run. The Chiefs, as much as you say at the water cooler, Chiefs got to be able to run the football. They can't run the football. You know where they rank in the NFL in running the football? 15th. They're top half of the NFL running the football, and they don't run the football very well. They they back away from the run. Against the Raiders, you pound it. Again, heavy blitzing team. It's the only way to keep them honest. You know what? We'll see how they play them. Gus Bradley had some interesting comments, defensive coordinator of the Raiders. Keep in mind, he was defensive coordinator of the Chargers. He's given the Chiefs fits in the past. Was asked a question. Are you going to do what you do well, or are you going to go with the blueprint that's beating the Kansas City Chiefs? Tell you what Gus Bradley said next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez producing the operation. Did you know it snowed a little bit today, Julio? I saw the flurries. You saw them? I did, unfortunately. It was up north, man. There were some snow flurries. I guess yesterday on the plaza, they had some flurries. It just want the break loose, man. Makes me makes me sad. I know this is your time of the year, though. I love it. Absolutely it's shorts love weather it. for you, right? It is still shorts and hoodie. Why not? Bah. That's what you do. Well, I mentioned the Raiders. They do get after the quarterback, but it's front four that does it. Like just actual blitz percentage, the thirty first. Do you know the Chiefs are second in blitz percentage? However, 
The Chiefs blitz, blitz 33% of the times. They're fourth in the NFL with 111 blitzes. Yeah, but how many of those came last week? Well, they're 31st the in sacks. It's 12 sacks. The Raiders, they have uh, uh, 21 sacks, 12th in the NFL, but their sacks all come from their front four. I mean, you look at what the Raiders have done. It's Yannick Ngakwe with six sacks. It's Max Crosby with five. Those are defensive ends. Solomon Thomas and Quentin Jefferson, defensive tackles, two and a half and two sacks. Respectively, get them from up front. It's what they do. But again, this 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 defense plays right into how you beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I was right? going to say that's, you that's the recipe, right? You pressure up front. That's you don't it. blitz. Now this offense for the Raiders, they're scoring offense twenty four point five points a game, sixteenth in the NFL. The Chiefs just twenty four point six points. Just a little bit better than the Raiders defensively, though. The Raiders are well; they're actually pretty good. Yards allowed, they're tenth in the NFL, so a top ten defense in yards allowed. Pass defense fifth in the NFL. Run defense, 28 in the NFL. They give 133 yards a game. The Chiefs are 121.8. Chiefs are 21st worst run defense in the NFL. Raiders seven spots behind the uh, Chiefs and the Chargers sitting there all comfortably all alone as 32nd best pass de- a run defense in the National Football League. Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator of the Raiders, used to be with the Chargers, now he's with the Raiders. He was asked, do you do the blueprint? The teams are beating the Chiefs, which... It's kind of what they do, or do you do what you do best? I thought it was kind of a silly question because what he does is the blueprint that beats the Chiefs. Well, I mean, you, you on the breakdowns, you watch a lot of teams, you know, and see, you know, how they try to attack them and what works for them and what causes some difficulties. And some of it is just, you know, they've had opportunity to make plays. There's guys open, and maybe, like I said, it was a tip ball here or there, or an incompletion at a critical time. So, you know, they can they can get in a groove at any time. You know, so I think it's a combination. You look at past films and see what teams are doing to ha- that have had some success against them. And then you also incorporate it into what you do. I've been using the movie title, uh, Julio in the postgame, Stella getting their groove back. I've never seen the movie, so I'm not it's exactly sure. Yeah, well, I'm not, it is. I just like the title because I'm waiting for the Chiefs to get that groove back, right? Get that groove back. Gus Bradley was asked about the Chiefs and how they look differently this year, or do they? Uh, it seems to me like some of the tip balls just haven't gone their way. You know, where there's an interception here or there that stalls the drive, but they're moving the ball and they're making the same amount of explosive plays and things like that that you see. Um, you know, very, very talented. You're trying to keep your eye on multiple guys. You know, I think we talked in weeks previous about, hey, we got to have awareness where he is on the field. With a team like Kansas City, you have to have awareness of where everybody is on the field because there's so many explosive players. And this offense was clicking before they played the Titans. They were second in all time in points per drive. It's gone down for the Chiefs now. They're eighth in points per drive, a 2.44 per drive. The Raiders at 2.18, so they're worse. All right, the Chiefs uh, had the worst uh, defense points per drive, but they're down to 27th at this point. That part has gotten better. But then they'll say, well, they need to throw it to Hill and they need to throw it to Kelsey, right? That's what people say. Do you know that Tyreek Hill is number two in all the National Football League in targets? Meaning he's been targeted the second most times out of all receivers. Travis Kelsey, eighth most time. There's only seven receivers and or tight ends slash that have, or running backs that have been targeted more than Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey still leads, and I've heard people say, well, he's declining. Now, he's still over 138 yards more than any other tight end in the NFL. So he still leads it's the relative. way amongst tight ends. Tyreek Hill, by the way, second in the NFL interception. It's all perspective. It's how you want to look at things. Half of the Chiefs, they've had a bunch of drop balls. 
I thought Patrick Mahomes stayed in the pocket better. Guys need to get open. They need to catch the football. Things like that, little things like that help the, the, the team go a long way. Don't pat the ball in the air for interceptions. Mahomes clearly has to get better. Got to make better decision-making when he's in the pocket. He has that tendency wanting to go for broke. You know, go downfield like he did with McCole Hardman instead of taking the easy 20 with Travis Kelsey. Again, they're going to back their safeties up. The guys like Travis Kelsey is how you beat that cover two. So you beat that Tampa two, you split them. You make the safety decide who they're going to take. You smash around the other side, Travis Kelsey in the middle. These are the kind of things that you do. Gus Bradley, I like what he said here about how the Chiefs are a real test for the Raiders. Demonstrate how much we've grown and how much we've gotten better from last week. And, uh, you know, it just happens to be the Chiefs. So, But the, it is the Chiefs, and it is the division opponent. I think that goes without being said. But uh, we try to keep them in that mindset, you know, to focus really on improvement. You know, how much can we improve from last week? And this will be a good test for us now, a great test. We, we need this test you know, to see where we're at and where we need to improve on. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're a team we got a lot of respect for now over the years playing against them. They're so explosive. It's, uh, you know, an, a week that is straining, you know, mentally on coaches just because of the, the skill set they have, and they're very well coached offensively. They've got a lot of things in their mind. How they lost to their coach a few weeks ago in Cruden. They have Henry Ruggs in that situation. He's already released for the team, so it's not really a problem for them. But it does resonate within that team. But here's Henry Ruggs, you know, that's going to be star for the Raiders, is now gone from the team after that horrible incident in Las Vegas. And you have David Arnett that really not counted on by the Raiders. They're still fit the NFL and against the pass, and he didn't matter. But it's your 12th and 19th pick, 2020. Those things set you back when you lose those first-round picks. Let's go to Josh in Overland Park. What's up, Josh? Hey, what's going on, Bink? Um, so I was I was thinking about the running game and how important it is. Uh the NFL kind of kind of phases where where it's pass first offense typically. Um, with a team like the Raiders, though, I mean you you get uh, a pass rush like that that works off the edge like Crosby and Ngakwe, and don't you think that it kind of slows them down a lot when you have like a guard like Trey Smith that pulls around and puts Ngakwe on skates where he backs up, and it it, it makes it makes your, your linebackers come up. We gotta gotta force out of that cover too. Also. I don't think, from from a secondary standpoint, that there's anybody on the Raiders secondary that that's scary. I mean, they got Trayvon Mullen. That's about it. So I think our our they've done our, well as a. It's hard to uh, dismiss the Raiders secondary because that's been the strength of their team. I, I understand that, Bink, but like if we work the middle of the field, um, I think I think Tyreek. If you ever get one on one, he's almost uncoverable. No matter what situation you put him in. Um, I think, like you said, our, it's up to perception, right? Our our demise has been greatly exaggerated. You look at Pat's stats um, from – if you take away the turnover, and more importantly than just the turnover, it's the timing of said turnover. You take that away and you take care of the ball – we beat those teams. Like, we beat the Chargers. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that with the media. I think they like showing the uh, downfalls of Patrick Mahomes. But you know what? You watch the NFL. All quarterbacks make ridiculous throws. They do. You watch Carson Wentz throw that lollipop in the air that gets picked back for pick six. Josh Allen's throwing terrible footballs. Lamar Jackson was crap last night. All these good quarterbacks make stupid throws. Man, I wish the Eagles would have been able to beat the Chargers because they came damn close to doing so. Still ran for 176 yards, really needed that win from the Chargers. Coming up next, we talked to Scott Goldbranson. He, of all Raiders information, we talked to him next. 
This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez producing the operation. I can't wait for this weekend. I can't wait for another week of the wild AFC West spin the wheel or the whole AFC. Who's the better team? I'll tell you what. I like the Raiders game and Chiefs this weekend. Glad it's a Sunday night game. That's for sure. Time to talk Raiders with Scott Gobranson. We do it every single year. He's with the Silver and Black today and Silver and Black tonight. Also the mighty 1090 in San Diego as well. Scott, good evening. Hey, Bank, how you doing, my man? You, you, you're, so you're, you're saying you're fired up for Sunday I am. night's game. You know what? I'm fired up about the Chiefs and Raiders. I always am. It's a great rivalry, but uh, a historic rivalry. I mean, I know that the rivalries change all the time in the NFL. They're supposed to be within your division, but it's still the Raiders to me. I'm an old school guy, so it's still the Raiders to me. I know the Broncos are kind of there, too. I, I like the Broncos least in the division, to be honest with you, but I recognize the Raiders as the rival. But, Scott, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this last two weeks in the NFL, and I'm including last night, absolutely insane i'm still waiting for the cream to rise to the top yeah it's been insane uh and i think i i mean i guess that's great for the league right i mean because you just never know what's going on and if i want it and we saw this we saw this crazy week that, that that you saw these upsets you saw teams uh, i mean look at last night with the ravens and the dolphins who no one picked the dolphins to beat the ravens so uh it's what makes the nfl so great and so entertaining all right, Raiders this year. They get off to that hot start, 3-2, and two, and I will say this. You know, the Raiders were winning games they typically lose. I'll go back to that uh, Ravens game. It looks, oh, oh, it looks like the Raiders are going to lose. You know, they throw that pick by the end zone, but then Lamar Jackson fumbles for the second time, and the Raiders get the ball and win the game. Those are typically games the Raiders lose. Then all of a sudden, John Gruden's out of a job. You go back 2020, that had Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, in the draft class, obviously both of them released for different reasons, but it was still two first rounders from 2020. So we've seen the Raiders at six and four and six and three the last couple of years, and then they faltered. Will this team be any different because they have a lot more over their head than those other teams did? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, obviously the the, the key difference here is in, in the last three years is there's no more John Gruden, right? John Gruden, who, of course, as you heard, sued the NFL and Roger Goodell today over his firing. Saw that, yep. Um, but he's he's gone, and this this Raiders team is a different team. And and I would say this, you know, it, it, the answer I would give you is I'm not sure. You know, what's going to happen over this past uh, or this next couple of weeks and what this team does uh, is beyond me. I mean, it's, it's, it, you're kind of expecting it to fall out again because of previous seasons. But then again, it's got, they have the best defense they've had in a long time. It's not a great defense. It's not an elite defense by any stretch of the imagination, but it's much better than they've had. And so you have to look at that. Then you look at the offense. The offense was doing really well. And then, of course, you have the Henry Rugg situation, and then you have the debacle in New York last week uh, where I think the distractions finally got to the team. And so now you have to look at this and say, okay, what's the real Raider team? And I think that's why, Bink, this, this game Sunday night, both these teams have so much to prove. And this is really – I mean, I think the Chiefs sort of Raiders both could lose and still make the playoffs. But I think for supremacy in the AFC West, and more importantly, to really show who they are to themselves, uh, the team that wins this game I think is going to be in a much better position than the other. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the Raiders team, I mean, this team is good defensively. I mean, they really are. I mean, you think about their top ten in yards allowed – 
Uh, they're fifth against the pass. They're really good and had good in points per drive. The one weakness they have is the run game. Teams are running yep. for 133 yards against the Raiders, but this division's bad against the run. The Chargers, 32nd in the league against the run. Chiefs, 21st, so they're not great. But, again, the scoring offense, 24.5 points a game, just sits right behind the Chiefs. Is Gus Bradley, that was a huge addition for the Raiders. I don't think enough people yeah. were talking about it. This guy gave the Chiefs fits when he was with the Chargers. Has he really made that much difference for that team? I know they're going to be probably trying to name another head coach going forward. I think it could be him. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, obviously his his stay as a head coach in Jacksonville was not uh, what people expected. But no. As far as his, his impact, his impact on this Raiders team and the culture on that defense, and not only that, but if you look at what the Raiders, this is the one thing that John Gruden and Mike Mayock really thought through and I think did well, which made a huge difference, is they had to go out and get bodies. They had to go out and get free agents. And so what the Raiders did when they got, got uh, Gus Bradley to come in and be the D.C., was they went out and they got guys who already played for Gus Bradley, guys who still had plenty left in the tank, guys like the leading tackler in the AFC, Denzel Perryman, at linebacker, guys like Casey Hayward Jr. playing at cornerback and starting for the Raiders. Those I was waiting, Scott, for Melvin Ingram to end up there. Yeah, I was too, actually. In fact, I had kind of trumpeted that, <laughs> uh, and now he's a Kansas City Chief. So, uh, I, was, I was waiting for that. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure he's had a lot to say at practice for the Chiefs this week, uh, so they could they could prepare for Gus Bradley. But but I'll tell you, he's made that big difference, and he's changed the culture there. And not only that, another guy that you got that you really got to call attention to in that Raiders staff on Gus Bradley's staff is Ron Miles, the defensive backs coach. If you look at what he's been able to do, not only with those veterans, but the young defensive backs that the Raiders invested in that were not progressing under Paul Gunther the last two years, guys like Jonathan Abel, who's made a light year jump this past or this season and then guys like Trayvon Mullen who's had some injuries those guys have really come along which tells you that development and coaching go hand in hand right and so Gus Bradley's made the hugest difference for this Raiders team how do you view the Chiefs Scott uh, Gus Bradley gave a great response today like hey man Chiefs can beat anybody I mean they you know I mean I know they're they're down this year but again I think Chiefs look at the teams look at the record for the Chiefs but it's still the Chiefs you know, and this AFC yeah. is again. This team was six and four when they won the Super Bowl in 2019. Six and four. They could mm-hmm. be six and four after Sunday. How are you viewing the Chiefs? This is what I said. I just did a, a, another radio spot with our sister station in Las Vegas uh, last hour, and and here's what I told them, and I'll tell you too, which is. If I'm the Raiders, this is this is a tough game no matter what because, like you said, the rivalry is it's old, it's ugly, it's bloody. There's lots of dislike uh, from a competitive standpoint out there. Uh, but this Chiefs team hasn't played as well as it can, but it will. It's going to get there, I believe. And so you look at Patrick Mahomes. Okay, he's going to get better. You look at the defensive issues that really were just right at the forefront at the beginning of the season for these Chiefs. That dreadful start, the pass rush that has been non-existent through nine games, 12 sacks, right? Um, they go get Melvin Ingram. Frank Clark wakes up and is playing much better football. Then you got the, the even the rookie Nick Bolton doing so well on defense. To me, it seems like the Chiefs are about to turn it on. And 
And so if I'm the Raiders, and this is what I said, the Raiders, to me, because, you know, you just never know. You count on a split if you're lucky in the AFC West. And if that's the case, the Raiders got to win this game at home uh, because I think the Chiefs are about to shift a downshift uh, and start to accelerate and really kind of reach where I think people thought they would go. Massive game. The Raiders go to 6-3. and three. The Chiefs go to 6-4. and four. I mean, it's, it's a massive game with massive impacts. It's a big game between the Raiders and the Chiefs. You know what's funny, Scott? Talking to Scott Gobrantz and Silver and Black today, and we always talk to Scott when we're playing the Raiders. Uh, love talking to him. But uh, Kyle Brandt comes on our station, goes on two different shows from NFL Network, right? Mm-hmm. He was telling the morning show, because they had him on today, that uh, NFL Network wouldn't let him show a lot of the old Raiders highlights and Chiefs highlights because of all the helmet, the helmet, the spiking. That's what this rivalry is about. I thought that was pretty weak. I thought that was weak sauce in the NFL. They usually promote that kind of stuff. Well, and you know what? I love Kyle. He's a good guy. Uh, but remember, it's the, the, sh- the tectonic shift we've seen in the media, right, Bank, which is the fact that the NFL owns the most watched NFL media. And so, so their history and the history between the Chiefs and the Raiders. But that the is the history, the yeah. Len, Len Dawson. Yeah. I mean, that is what made the game. And so to say, well, and you know, you have to look at things in context. And we have a problem, and I, I don't mean to get out of soapbox here, but we have a problem in society today. We want to view things in the past under today's lens. We can't do that. When those guys played in Kansas City and in Oakland at the time and they went after each other, that was acceptable behavior. Now we don't accept it. I understand that. But that was so within the rules. That you could yeah, yeah, that was the rules. So, so to, to try to change history or to not show it when you can simply go watch it on YouTube, by the way, um, is ridiculous. And, it, and I, good for Kyle Brandt, who you know, is getting paid by that network yeah. and the NFL, to call it out, though, because I think it's true. It's, I, I told Las Vegas fans uh, the last few days the same thing. Say, go watch. If you're a new Raiders fan, because there's a lot of new Raiders fans in Las Vegas since they moved there. Sure. Uh, if you're a new Raiders fan, go watch Every single NFL films on the Chiefs and the Raiders. That's what makes it, man. The, the history, the rivalry, the spiking of Dawson with Davidson, Lyle Alzado, Matuzak. I mean, that was Cliff Branch. I mean, yeah. it was it was the fun. It was it, Van McElroy. It was Raiders Chiefs. I mean, that was a a lot of fun. And Scott, uh, how do you view the Chargers? How do you view basically? I know Denver had a nice win. Well, a great win against the Dallas Cowboys. Didn't see that one coming from a mile away. But it's just the division, the AFC. Like, who's the best team in the West? Because I'm not buying the Chargers. No, and you know what? You're, it's funny. You're like the fourth person that said that to me over the last two days with the Chargers. And, hey, look, it's, it's well-earned. The Chargers over the last eight to ten years uh, have all this talent, and they never seem to put it together, right? And that includes under Phillip Rivers. Now you have the great young quarterback in Herbert, Justin Herbert. But, they, you know, they go out and they, they play a team that they should beat easily, and they lose. Then they go out and they beat a team uh, that, that was favored against them. So you just never know what you're going to get. I think they're clearly from a talent perspective much better than the Broncos. The Broncos are very just inconsistent. One game they play really well, the next game they look like they, they're going to be uh, first in the NFL draft. So I, I think you look at this division, and I think I think the Raiders and the Chiefs are up there if they can keep it together despite all the turmoil around the Raider organization this year. Uh, but the Chargers, if the Chargers string three or four together in a row, then maybe I'll believe in them. But right now, I'll tell you, I really think that this game Sunday – this big game on Sunday Night Football is going to tell us who the leader, uh, at least making the turn into the back nine, is going to be. Is it going to be the Chiefs or is it going to be the Raiders? Yeah, at least uh, Brett Greasy on Monday Night Football basically says Herbert's the Messiah. He called this out a couple weeks into the season. <laughs> oh, they're going to win the AFC West. This is the same Brian Greasy 
it was maybe contemplating it, the Bears going for two the other night instead of kicking the <laughs> extra point, which is insane. But that's another story for another day. Scott Gobranson is one of the best. You can follow him on Twitter at LV Goalie. Very fair with the uh, diagnosis of the AFC West. Mighty 1090, also silver and black today and tonight. Scott, always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Always a pleasure talking to you and all our friends in Kansas City, man. Hey, listen, enjoy the game, and I'm sure we'll talk to you afterwards. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll DM you during the game with some fun stuff. we got a long season, my friend. We'll talk to you down the road. <laughs> all right, my friend. There you Take go. Care. There's Chicago Branson right there. I love getting the perspective from the Raiders fan. How are they thinking about this? No one's buying the Chargers. I'm not. I guess I'm from the Show Me State. So are you. Where you live there now. I know you have roots in, in, in you know, Western New York, but you, you're Kansas City and you live in the Show Me State. I am. Like, I'm waiting for them to show me something. And they haven't showed me anything. The Chargers showed me, or the Browns showed me something last year. That's why I believed in them this year. Now, they're not great, but they're winning. They're five and four, but they showed me something because they made the postseason and beat a rival on the road. Chargers have yet to do that. We'll see if they can continue. Wins are not pretty. The defense is not pretty. I think the defense eventually going to come back to them. Kansas City Chiefs is a real test. Some of the Raiders acknowledging that as well. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez producing. There's a lot of uh, handicapping of the AFC, particularly the AFC West. Who's best? That's why I tried to get out Skyville Branson. That's what you and I debated on earlier in the show, Julio. We're waiting for this question. Raiders defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. You know, the whole AFC, right? I mean, it's, you never know what's going to happen week in and week out. It's, it's extremely competitive. And there's, you know, we talked to our guys about this month of November is big. You know, you want to be starting to, you know, I, I would have said in our system, it takes about seven, eight games to kind of get a feel for it. And, you know, we know we're going to have to rely on some banked experiences, but to build up those bank experiences is important. And it generally takes that long, and that's kind of what you hope for. To, all right, week eight or so, and now you're in the month of November, you're playing your best football. And I think that's what's going to separate teams. This month is big, you know, and we got to play our best football right now. It's what the NFL wants. It's what the NFL is getting, especially in the AFC this year. Tony Dungy was on Sunday Night Football before the game with Drew Brees and Mike Tirico there breaking down as far as the game's concerned. Tony Dungy wears a Super Bowl championship ring, but – he was asked, he was on with Carrington Harrison yesterday, how do you handicap the AFC West? You know, I, I don't know if there is a favorite uh, because nobody has really played consistently. Just about every, every time, you, you know, pull someone out of there, hey, they're really playing well, and then they'll go on the road and lose. So I, I think you're right. Going on the road, playing a, a great game will, will really do a lot. Uh, for Kansas City, I think what they have to do is just play consistent football for 40 minutes. Um, the game last year in Las Vegas was a great game, a lot of explosive plays. Uh, I, I do think the defense has to just continue to play their way. They're going to play against a better quarterback than they played for the last month, and they've got to shut down those big plays. The Raiders are very much like the, the Chiefs that we think of. They, they get explosive plays. Uh, they've got to take that away. The Giants did a great job against the Raiders of that. Their car threw for a lot of yards. They, they moved it up and down the field. But the Giants made them have those long drives, and, and the Raiders kind of self-destructed in the red zone. So defensively, that's what the Chiefs need to do. Offensively, uh, the, the Raiders are a team that doesn't stop the run real well. 
They don't give up huge passes. So it's going to be those, those medium chunk passes and running game. And I, I, I think that's what the Chiefs have to emphasize. Dare the Chiefs to run. We'll see if they do it. You know, everybody's waiting on Clyde, right? The window open for Clyde coming off the IR this week. Does he read today on Clyde? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, listen, he, he worked all week. And uh, um, I'd probably tell you it, it, it's probably a stretch, Adam, you know, just to throw it out there to you. Um, but if he does, don't hold me accountable on that. Could he be activated or not? That's a question. The Chiefs running back, you look at kind of how they fit. Jack of all trades, master done. I think Clyde's the closest to the jack of all trades. Uh, yeah, but he's not the master of none. I mean, Daryl Williams can block better, a little bit slower. He does give you that 3.8 yards per carry that people want, and he's good at catching the ball in the backfield. Jerry McKinnon's very good at catching the ball out of the backfield. Pass blocking, a little bit limited sometimes, even though he made a great block uh, this past week. But Clyde, that's just one part of his game he's gotten better at is blocking because he wasn't asked to block a lot for Joe Burrow at LSU. He's gotten better at that, but he's, he's averaging 4.7 yards per carry. We think about that great game Gore had well, it was four point four yards of carry. Daryl had three point eight in that game. Everybody's enamored with the running game that only had one hundred and seventy yards. One hundred and seven yards rushing. Look, I, I I agree with most people on the thoughts that right drafting a running back in the first round probably wasn't the best idea. However, there is a clear difference between what Clyde brings versus the rest of the running back group. And it made I mean, sense at the time. I get there. it. It made sense at the time. I'm not big on drafting running backs the first. I used to be. But it came off that flight. Unless you're getting somebody special like a Derrick Henry or McCaffrey or somebody like that, a game which, changer. Which this team will never draft high enough with Patrick Mahomes. Fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, that. you can get running yeah. backs. Even undrafted, you can get running backs. Yeah. There, there, there's I mean, look serviceable at Derrick Moore, undrafted, Derrick Williams, undrafted. You can get serviceable running backs, undrafted. Unless they're real game changers. And the Chiefs are not going to get a game changer because the game changer is offensive, you know, passing with Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. That's what that's where their bread is buttered. With their passing game, can you get a running back in those late rounds? Yeah, you can. Again, yeah, I'm not, I'm not wild about taking a running back in the first round, and I know people have been hard on Beach drafts, but they're not being hard on the fact that he nailed it in the second round this year. He did. They say he's weak in the he second did. round. Well, Creed Humphrey is on Pro Football Focus All Pro list. You know, Cody Gold trying to get him to be a rookie of the rookie year. Rookie of the year, man. I- Trey Smith, he's not a six-rounder. I mean, look, a lot of people are saying, no, it's a first-rounder if you're redrafted. Trey Smith's special. He's a special. beast, man. He is special. But in the second round, he drafted Bolton, who leads the rookies in tackles, and he drafted Creed Humphrey. That is a pretty good draft pick. So, again, be fair when you make your criticism. Yeah, there's picks you're not going to like. There's some picks you need to like. Legere Sneed, a former fourth-round pick, that's a pick you need to like. You know what? He may not always hit on the uh, the early rounds, which which you want, which is important. But he's been pretty special on the back end of that draft. But you got to be good at contracts. You got to be good at trades. Obviously, Parker Inger for Shavarius Ward, good trade. But you got to be good in those. Frank yeah, Clark did help this okay. team. Yeah. I know that people are hard on Frank Clark. Frank Clark's looked good. Matter of fact, he's got a great pass uh, pass rusher rating the last two weeks. Yeah, but let's see it for longer than a few weeks, right? No, I'm with you. He did. He's, he's got to stay corner. healthy. For some reason, this team turns a corner week nine. They did two years ago against the Chargers. You know, and they were kind of floundering around. 
The yeah. Frank Clark, 90.2 pro football focus grade, second among edge rushers the last two games. Yeah, I got. See I just have to it see up. it over an extended period of time. That he he's you're right. He's tied for first when, in quarterback hits the last two weeks. When when he's on, he is on and he's elite. The problem is he's just not consistent with it. I think Kevin Melvin Ingram certainly helps this team. Oh, big time. I mean, right? It allowed them to to make that adjustment in the middle and we'll with Chris to, Jones. We'll get to more of that uh, right? as we go forward. We'll talk to Ron Cop, lead analyst, ArrowheadPride.com next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <laughs> 